If you could eliminate data entry for your truckload brokers, how much more business would your top performers win? TyTMS has an array of tools designed to save you hours a day. Import your entire spreadsheet of shipments. Let Ty create seamless integrations to your customers' internal systems. And if all of your orders come through email, TyTMS leverages AI to read an incoming email and enter the shipment for you. Visit ty-software.com to learn more about how you can empower your top-performing brokers to increase their shipment volume today. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win these expenses. I got expenses to win these expenses. I've been getting out of work. I've been getting out of work. I've been shutting down the stars. I've been shutting down the stars. To put that coffee down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers is 12 p.m. sharp Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Savings Time, as George Abernathy would always point out here on FreightWaves TV. My name's Kevin Hill. I'm your host with special guest Matt Perkins from B2B Logistics. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Let's have some fun at lunch here. I know. Let's do that. Let's Let's have a sales lunch right here on FreightWaves TV. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great to have you in studio. Before we get into to our discussion, though, let's talk about the future of supply chain coming up on May 9th and 10th in Northwest Arkansas. It is going to be a huge event. It is going to be everything you need to know about data-driven businesses, about how the supply chain, how freight brokers, how logistics, how trucking and transportation all of it goes, and there we go. There's, there's, there it is on the screen. Um, our live event, we're going to have about 2,000 people out in northwest Arkansas, so you can get your tickets. Get them right now. We have a March Madness sale going on. Tickets only $12.95. One of our keynotes that we, uh, we announced last week that I'm really super stoked to, to see, I'm, I'm kind of a, a baseball nerd, and Billy Bean is, is probably the, the king of baseball nerds. Uh, he brought data-driven decision-making into the game of baseball, changed it forever, huge disruptor. He'll be there talking about the lessons he's learned, how he sold that into the Oakland A's organization, and now it is not only in baseball, data-driven analytics is everywhere in sports. Oh. I mean, he created an entire industry. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> this day, data, I mean, when we started being freight brokers, data didn't exist. Data was a word, but it didn't exist <laughs> as far as what it exists today. TV's all over the walls. Mm-hmm. Everything's data. It, it is. It really is in freight brokers. In golf, golf, you have lift. You have you, you have all these crazy metrics. Yeah. You're a racing fan, right? Yes. Car yeah. auto oh. racing. That they have all kinds of analytics. Oh, the, during the broadcast now, right? The screens in a pit is incredible. They will monitor gas, tire pressure, the driver's heart rate. Mm-hmm. Races these days are no longer won on the track. They're won in the pits. How fast can you change those tires yep. and fuel that tank? And who needs to stay and where? It's, it is all data. It is all data and it all really started with Billy Bean back in, back in the 90s yeah. with the Oakland A's. Yeah. With the lowest payroll in baseball, trying to beat the biggest payroll team, which the New York Yankees. Yep. And almost doing it year after year. Had great regular seasons. Oakland A is kind of heartbreaking postseasons <laughs> all the time. But uh, I, I think it's better to make the playoffs every year. Yeah, they win it all once. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know, be consistent. 
be consistent. A little, you know? little better than a one-time Like, like the Chicago game. Cubs, kind of. Yeah, there's always next year. There's Being always from Illinois, <laughs> there's always next year. So, typical Cubs fan. So, <laughs> I know, right? I, I grew up a Cubs fan, so. Sorry. It is, it's hard. I married a Sox family, so. There you go. And then I became a New York Mets fan, which is that, even worse. That's a, that's a transition. I, I know, right? From, from bad to worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Well, Matt, thanks for, for joining us. You, you're one of the co-founders and, and owners of B2B Logistics. Yep. Originally out of Illinois. Yeah, still, it, well, still headquartered out of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, recently, I've moved on to Knoxville, started a second office for business to business, and just trying to expand in a new, exciting way, grabbing talent from both pools, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago is known as the originator of the, the hub of mega brokers, right? It With is. American backhaulers. Mm-hmm. And Knoxville and Chattanooga, you know, Freight Alley is known for all the, the UT. And mm-hmm. the supply chain degrees and all the kids coming out wanting to do this. So I said, let's put us there mm-hmm. and let's find those kids because they're not graduating Illinois schools with supply chain degrees. Yep. They're graduating UT. Mm-hmm. So let's get right to the source. Is that one of the reasons uh, to open up branch offices in, in different locations as a, a freight brokerage? Because we were talking about it before we went on screen that, you know, yes, everyone's kind of back in the office, but we live in a different world where everyone could theoretically work remote. Yep. And the philosophy of having a branch office is expanding into to different territories. Is it really about talent? It, it is. Uh, the, the talent is everywhere. It's not concentrated in Illinois. It's mm-hmm. not concentrated in Tennessee. But it is everywhere. So why not start reaching out there and have a presence and have an office? It doesn't need to be ginormous, right? Yeah. It, I've got a couple thousand square feet here in Tennessee, downtown Knoxville. Mm-hmm. It's big enough to fill with about 12 people. But we still have the ability to work at home. We still yeah. have people in Illinois working at home. So we're in like a hybrid method right now. And, you know, having that offering, I think, is clutch if you're going to expand the company at this point with everything that's been going on for the last two years. Are there any advantages when it comes to the customer side of the business of of maintaining relationships or bridging new relationships in the business? You know, I think bridging new relationships is important. Uh, Being locally based. Mm -hmm. uh, Here in the South, people like to deal with people in the South. And so when you say you're from Illinois, they're like, oh, great, another Chicago freight broker (laughs) calling me. But if we're calling from Knoxville... And we have a local area code. They're like, okay, let's talk yeah, to this guy. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if they need you to come down and see something, you can. It's not yeah. an air flight anymore. It's just a drive down 75. It, do it is. I, I guess it's not another Chicago broker wanting to talk about the Bears game. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how the Bears probably lost, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, you've owned B2B for, for how many years now? So we're going on year 11 here in September of okay. operations. What did you do before you founded B2B? I worked at a freight brokerage. Um, so I've been doing this for 20, well, going on 24 years at this point. Okay. Uh, I graduated college and went into a company where I routed freight. I was the customer. So I know what it's like to have a truck not show up. I know what it's like when a, mm-hmm. a truck does some damage, unfortunately. I told somebody a funny story the other day about it. But basically, 
I was a customer. I moved the freight. Mm -hmm. I understand the psyche of a customer. Yeah. I got brought in as the first employee of a five owner brokerage. So that was fun. A lot, a lot of Indians, not enough, or a lot of chiefs, not enough Indians. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I would imagine five, five owners and partners in in a freight brokerage would be uh, a lot of drama. Uh, You know, I will be bluntly honest. Uh, No. There was okay. not when I was there. Um, I still don't know if the drama was contained very well. Uh, all I know is that the brokerage is still active. Okay. Uh, but there's two owners. And, uh, you know, one of them is actually my mentor. And okay. great guy. Great two guys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, the brokerage did, as everything matured, it, it's two owners. <laughs> uh, yeah, five partners. So that's just a recipe for disaster. And in a lot of ways, maybe not in that instance, but yeah. if you have 100 businesses all with like four or five partners a piece, especially freight brokerages, right? Yes. You're going to have a, a lot of issues. Well, it comes down to personalities, right? Everybody yeah. sells differently. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have different personalities. And who, who's your boss? Who are you going to listen to? Oh, yeah, right. Whose sales direction are you going to take? Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of interesting, but I tended to gravitate towards my, who is my mentor, and uh, we just stuck that path. So did that, learn the ropes. I mean, literally, this was 2001. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I learned by stapling papers, load agreements mm-hmm. from customers, rate agreements to the carriers, PODs, hand, you know, original copy PODs, and I, we kept them in banker boxes. And that's all we did. And if a customer needed a POD, guess who was looking in the baker's box for a POD? So I learned that rope, did dispatching, did tracking, and then I migrated into carrier sales mm-hmm. and then went into customer sales. Their model was a buy-sell model. So I ended up, my love is customer sales, dealing with customers and solving their problems. And not booking trucks and... And yeah, solving their problems. Yeah, my, my partner I, I, at B2B, he he does the <laughs> carrier side of it. He's he's got the knack. Uh, I like talking talking to customers. So you grew up in the, the buy sell model, so yes. that's what you're I, I'm sure B2B. Yep. That's what you run, that's what you're comfortable with, as you just said. Yep. Could you ever do cradle to grave? You know what? Me personally, if I had to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this all fell apart tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I had to just bootstrap it back up, yes, I could do cradle grave. Um, I believe in the buy-sell model because I can focus on getting customer freight. Mm -hmm. I can focus on dealing with the customer. Carrier guys can deal with the carriers. They can deal with the problems and we work together, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of teamwork. But I will give an argument for um, cradle to grave. You're very passionate, Right. If your customer is going to yell at you because you didn't find the truck, yeah. you're going to find that truck and you're going to negotiate a good rate. <laughs> you are going to do that. I grew up in, in, in Cradle to the Grave. Yeah. Cradle to the Grave, it's, it's got its good parts, and which you just described, and the bad parts, which you described right before, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's hard to scale up. Yep. You really have to be in a specialized niche for that to work. Yes. You really do. You can't Absolutely. do it on the volume business. Correct. So if you if you want to run 20 vans a, a day and be cradle to a grave, you're going to have a miserable life. Yeah. You, you really are. I mean, you're not going to sleep much. I know. If you run two flatbed loads or two heavy haul loads a day, yeah. You know, you're going to make a good, you know, it's not going to be bad. No, it's abs- you're absolutely right. I actually have a guy who does some cradle-to-grave stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's hauling what, he's hauling the ugly stuff, right? Yep. The over-dimensional. He, his claim to fame 
are these custom hot tubs. The 1% of the one percenters, yeah, yeah. they buy these custom hot tubs. And this is the guy that can get them delivered on time for mm-hmm. that scheduled crane. It, but it's ugly. It's escorts. It's wide yeah, loads. Yeah, and yeah. just, I don't, know, I don't know that game. I understand it. I can mm-hmm. speak it. I just can't route it. But he can. So he does Cradle the Grave kind of on his own. And I'm okay with this. And then that's really specialized, right? I mean, Very it really is. So there's a lot of things I, 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 same way I can talk it, I suppose. Yeah. Like, like reefer. I, I never really moved reefer loads. Yep. So, you know, what, what temperature lettuce is supposed to be, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I, I got. Now, now, getting flatbed, getting steel coils through, uh, through Mexico custom, Mexican customs and into Monterey and getting those picked up, I know how to do that. Exactly. Because that's what I had to do. Yeah. You know, tr- trucks all look alike. Until you have to actually move them and load them. Oh, and, and then they start to become different. So that's where you just have to balance that gray area with black and white, which mm-hmm. it is a truck. It's going from point A to point B, but there's little nuances that make each truck different. It is. It is. So uh, go back over to customer sales. Yeah. Right. What's your sales philosophy if you had to sum it up? You know, you know, like that, that state of mind that you have. Because we were talking about closing. Yeah. We're, we're talking about closing and, and, you know, teaching people how to close. And I, I don't know how to teach anybody how to close. It, you just close. It, it's it's become Either, second nature, right? Yeah. When you know how to sell and you're getting the business and you are closing the deal. You, you just, you know. Um, you know, the philosophy I have is I went into it with a personal approach. I took it personal when freight didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, you know, I, I call it a cheesy slogan, but it's really, it's, it's in our new logo. It's delivering your tomorrow today. Because at the end of the day, if you are the customer with the goods mm-hmm. and you need it delivered to your customer to keep their production going and to keep them buying from you, yep. I need to deliver that load to your customer because I'm delivering your tomorrow orders right now, today. Yeah, you don't want a plant shut down. You don't yes, want empty no. store shelves. Correct. That is uber important to, to the shipper, right? Yeah. And, and keeping what's important to your customers important to yourself is a good way to to close, really. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you don't do that, it doesn't really matter. No, and there's there's going to be another five brokers calling that customer tomorrow saying, hey, someone dropped the ball? <laughs> exactly. I, I can pick it up. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. So I take it real personal. I take it as this is this is important to them. This is important and needs to get there. So I just, I, I take that and I just hold on to it. I take things mm-hmm. personally when things fail. And I take it personally when things succeed. So here's a question. Because I, I've sold in, in different industries, you know, some hard, some easy. The, the hardest thing I've ever had to sell is freight yeah. to a shipper. Yeah. Right? Because uh, a number of different things. You know, how do you differentiate yourself yes. from the other 10, 5 or 10 <laughs> brokers that's going to call them tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. And the next day. Yeah. And the next day. And the next day. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you get that entry point? How do you get someone to pay attention to you for a good reason, right? We can always get someone to pay attention to us yes. by talking sports or yeah. talking whatever, right? But but that's just a little bit of flattery. It's going to get you five minutes on the phone. I, I know, best. right? It, it doesn't take you. It doesn't mean they're going to take you seriously. Correct. They, um, they, they can talk to you without taking you seriously. How do you get shippers to take you seriously? I think I'm going to steal your line that you say pretty much every other episode: niches get riches. Okay, but at the same time, niches will get you into the door. So take me. My my bigger sell was in the IBC market, the mm-hmm. drums and totes of the world that hold chemicals or don't hold chemicals anymore. Yeah. And now they need to be cleaned out. 
I became an expert in that. Okay. I landed large accounts, and then I used what I called the spider web sale. I wish I would have coined that term, but I didn't. I, I think I came up with it, but not the original. Um, the spider web sale is in every shipper and cu- customer, or every shipper and consignee, one of them, chances are, is your customer. But the other one, chances are, is not your customer. So you will chat them up through the process of scheduling the loads, scheduling mm-hmm. the pickups, scheduling the deliveries. They will get to know your voice. They will understand you. They will, they will recognize you. And then you strike and then you get, then you ask them for their business. They're in the same industry, so they yeah. trust you. And that's the thing is sticking into a niche will get you more business. Being that guy, my, my guy that hauls the ugly stuff, yeah. that's what he does. And I tell him, stop, don't go after dry van freight. Mm-hmm. It's not your niche. You don't know how to sell it because there's more profit in the ugly stuff. There's not profit over here. Just stick over here. And that's what works is selling the niche, becoming that expert, talk the talk. Because mm-hmm. when sports dries up, sport and it will, no matter how many seasons and yeah, how many yeah. teams you watch, everything dries up there. You got to actually know what you're talking about. You have to be the expert. Yeah. You, that you expert. really do. Yeah. You, you have to be the expert in the room, and that's what a niche gets you. You're that guy. You, you always want to be that guy. Yeah. yeah I, I know a guy. Exactly. I, I know a guy who can do that. You want to be that guy. Yeah. You don't want to be the, the guy for everything. Yeah. Because you can't do yeah. everything. You really can't. Um, and when I know my shortfall, I pass it on. So mm-hmm. I actually have a friend who is the uh, United States office, like vice president of operations of a forklift company, heavy, like lift containers at the mm-hmm. port kind of forklifts. And he's like, hey, I need help. I'm getting killed. I-, I need help on transportation. I said, sure, but I got a guy. <laughs> you know, so I was like the yeah. middle guy. And I'm like, I can speak his language and mm-hmm. I can decipher. But now, today, my ugly guy handles that. <laughs> You're exactly right, right? And, and it goes, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book. I can't think of the name of it, but he had three types of people. Yep. You had the mavens who oh. like to share knowledge, yeah. right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? You have the salespeople, yep. and you have the networkers. Yep. And you have a dominant trait. Everyone has kind of that dominant trait that they, 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 they go after. But you have to be all three. In certain situations. So situations, you yeah. can't do something to refer it to a competitor, even if you have to, oh, yeah. to refer it to a competitor. That's, that's fine. Or someone you think is a competitor. And I've done that. Yeah. People ask me, hey, can you do air freight? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, but it's not, it's going to be pricey because I mm-hmm. don't know how to negotiate it competitively. Yep. But I've got a girl and call her. And I do the introduction and life is good because she's not mm-hmm. going to stop into my grass, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to step into her grass. We're going to talk, and we're going to be friends. And it's going to be a good business relationship, because Absolutely. if she has something that steps into your grass, she refers it over, and that's how business is done. That's exactly it. That's how you close, really. That, that's, that's how you, you close. You have to do all of these things <laughs> yes. to, to really close. It I abs- mean, if you're yeah. coming into a conversation saying, well, if I say this, and I, I handle this objection, and I position this way, I'll close them, and then tomorrow what happens... If you if you if you're using manipulative tactics, you know what's going to happen the next day. Yeah. Buyers remorse, that, and you're going to live a life of, of people, you know, going back on their deals yeah. or people dropping off very quickly because you didn't sell it right. Well, and that's just that once they discover that, they're 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 moving on. Yeah, and that's the end of the story. So you know, don't you know, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Mm-hmm. You know, know know what's in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Stay in your wheelhouse. 
don't try to venture outside your wheelhouse. It's just, you're going to get into trouble. And, and be prepared to, to not win the business. Yeah. Right? Be prepared. Yeah. We hear a lot yeah. of no's. Yeah. You hear a lot of no's. And, and there's, there, there's some yeses that you should say, well, no. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, <laughs> that, that's how I always got myself in trouble as, as a freight brokers, right? Because, you know, you need to get business. Yeah. So you get bad business. Yes. And I, I think everyone starts off getting bad business. Yeah. And you learn very quickly what bad business is, and it's time to avoid that at all costs. So walking away from a deal makes you a little bit better. It, you know, it does. And there's we've looked at it here at BTB is we, we've got customers that for years I went back to all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we move their freight. We know how to move their freight. Yeah. Let's keep moving their freight. But then... We call and we get back in and then it's just the same <laughs> song and dance over again. And it's just, you know, you just said this on a recent podcast too. It's the, the you know, 10% of the, your lowest customers yes. give you the biggest amount of headaches. They take the most amount of your time. Exactly. And time is the, the, the one precious resource <sighs> we control. Yes. And we need to, to really harvest and, and take care of. Absolutely. But yeah, the, 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 Bottom 10% is going to take up 90% of your time, yep. and it's time to, to call those. That's that's exactly it. And that's what I've, you know, it took me a while to learn that lesson. And it's oh, yeah. a hard lesson it, it to does, learn. Yeah. And I encourage everybody, you have to learn that lesson. Sometimes it's okay to say goodbye. Another good lesson to learn is stick to your guns, right? If yes. you quote a price and this is, this is what you can move it for, be prepared to lose that business. Yeah. Because about 20% of the time, I think, in two weeks... That person's going to come back yeah. to you, and freight brokers especially, because yeah. they'll take the lowest bid. Oh, and there's a reason why it's the lowest bid, right? And that's the other thing. Don't chase. You know, if you lose it over price, don't chase it if you don't think you can sell it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and this happened time and time again, I tell them, I don't think that rate comes with an engine. <laughs> like it might come with a truck. But it doesn't come with an engine. <laughs> and then they call me back to like, just just move it, Matt. Just move it because this guy can't find a truck. You know, so if you can shave off a few bucks to win it because you want to get that business and it's not going to jeopardize mm-hmm. the overall financial impact, go for it. But I had somebody, I forgot the uh, the disparity in rate, but it was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, you've seen feel, right? It's not, it's not happening. Sure enough. They came back. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, about one in five times, so they'll come back yeah. at a certain point. Maybe two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. But someone's not going to find a truck for the lowest bid. Yeah. Especially in markets like this. Oh, right now, it's crazy. It, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Right? And, and that's where, again, another, another definition of closing or being a good closer, right? having great information. Yes. Data. Data, right? <laughs> exactly right. Having great information to make better decisions. So you don't get yourself stuck in losing situations and wasting a lot of time. Yeah, and that, that's the biggest thing. That's one thing we've adopted a ton of at BTB is data. Mm-hmm. Look at data. Stop guessing. This the markets we learned learned in you know the early two thousands. Those were steady markets. We you know mm-hmm. we could offer the contract rate even though it was nothing contractual. But yeah. spot market just didn't have the fluctuation unless it was produce season, Christmas mm-hmm. tree season, right? It stayed flat, and now it's just every day is an adventure. So it really data will help. I mean, it's what almost two years now that it's been an event, really over two years, yeah. right? Because running up into the pandemic, the yeah, pandemic was an adventure. Yep. Coming out of it, 
at these levels. Oh, yeah? It's just been two years. Yeah. Have you seen a cycle that long before? No, no, never. This is, I mean, we get the polar vortexes, we get the different season that we can all rely on. Mm -hmm. But this market, it's something I've never seen in my entire life. It's an adventure. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so what's next for B2B Logistics? You know, we're just, uh, we're revamping our training and so that we can really go after the college grads and teach mm -hmm. them, teach them the business. I want to get my brain on paper. You know, 23 years, I'd like to think that's a fair amount of experience. I've seen a couple of loads in my life. Oh, yeah. And just expand the company. Keep providing a fun office to grow in to get a career in. We're still a mm -hmm. small enough company to where we care, right? We're not a numbers-driven company as far as employee numbers. I know who you are. You mm -hmm. know who I am. You know my family. I'll know, get to know your family if you let me. Let's have some fun. Let's grow a company. Well, this, this, this is great. So just plotting, or not, not just, just going along, recruiting, what's the best thing about college kids? You know, they're just, they're ready to go at it. Yeah. They've spent their whole life in school and uh, now they want to make it big in life. They want to blaze their path. So let's be that path. What's the worst thing? Uh, they just don't have the experience yet. So we just got to kind of hold their hand a little bit and not let them get frustrated. There's this world has changed a little bit. We're a more on demand and transportation needs that training. You need to come up a little. You just can't learn it in one week and then go. No, you can't. No. You can't. I, I came in at 30, 35, 36 years old, you know, my first brokerage job. And uh, it was the hardest thing yeah. to, to learn. It really was. And all these lessons, you know, piled on top of it, you know, bad customers, uh, don't chase price. That, that's another part of it. Yeah. But just learning that the, the business industry, it's, it, it is tough, but it's, it's very rewarding, challenging. And that is all for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday. If you could eliminate data entry for your truckload brokers, how much more business would your top performers win? TIE-TMS has an array of tools designed to save you hours a day. Import your entire spreadsheet of shipments. Let TIE create seamless integrations to your customers' internal systems. And if all of your orders come through email, TIE-TMS leverages AI to read an incoming email and enter the shipment for you. Visit tie-software.com to learn more about how you can empower your top performing brokers to increase their shipment volume today. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive, because when is expensive? I got expensive.